Hello, beautiful people. What a joy it is to be alive and share this time with you. Thank you for joining us today. I am Jill Ingalls, practitioner for the Center of Spiritual Living White Rock. We are an inclusive learning center of practical spirituality based in Vancouver, Lower Mainland, British Columbia, Canada. We create sacred opportunities for personal empowerment and collective transformation through wholehearted experiences of universal truth and spirit. Wherever you are on your path, whether you are soaring or struggling, there is a place here for you. I am honored to live on these beautiful lands, the traditional ancestral and unceded territory of the Coast Salish First Nations, including Katsi, Kwatlan, Semiamu, Stolo, and Waisanak. We thank the First Nations who continue to live on, live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and below. Let us take a breath of gratitude, giving thanks for this privilege. Hmm, what an absolute gift. So let's just breathe in this moment and relax into this time as I introduce you to our magnificent, wonderful musician today, Linda Kidder. As one of Vancouver's most sought out vocal singers, Linda's recording credits include a wide range from Katie Lang, Bon Jovi, Henry, Harry Max, and Rafi to Rita McNeil and Gary Philargard. Oh, I don't know how to say that. Philgard. Philgard, thank you. Thank you. And hundreds of jingles praising everything from Barbie to Safeway. Linda has three CDs of her own material. She has been nominated and won eight awards from the BCCMA, the CMA, and Junos for Vocalist and Bass Player of the Year. Welcome, welcome, Linda. So wonderful to have you back. Thank you, Jill. It's so nice to be here.
much cleaner though in fact with all your silly ornaments and paper backs and lamps my time with you has ended it's hard to pull away my spirit needs some coaxing beautiful thank you so much Linda what a beautiful song thank you <clears throat> oh today we have a very special guest Reverend Dr. Joanne Lanning wow she graduated from ministerial class in 1989 and from there she traveled through Europe for a year when she returned to the U.S. she became an assistant minister in Morristown New Jersey Reverend Joanne then moved back to the place she loved, to California, and where she was senior minister for two different CSL communities for over 20 years. Reverend Joanne's continuing education after ministerial school included neuro-linguistic programming, prosperity classes, emotional freedom technique, and meditation training. Today, she gives life-altering courses online on the book Untethered Soul, which was an amazing experience, Creative Energy, which I'm taking twice, Prosperity and Self-Compassion. My Prax sisters and I have all become students of this highly intuitive, inspiring expression of light who continues to nourish our souls. I am deeply honored to call her my mentor, my teacher, and my practitioner. Please join me in welcoming 
Reverend Dr. Joanne Lanning. Good morning. I was reading what I was said. I didn't realize I did all these things. <laughs> I said, oh my gosh, I'm a student myself. And what I do is I study and I ask myself questions. And when I get answers, I think, gee, this is so interesting. I think I'll share it. And so that's what, what, what happens is I start talking to myself and asking questions. So when I was talking to Tamara on what to talk about, since 20 minutes isn't very long, I normally love to talk a lot longer than that. I saw, I, she sent me some information about a suggestions and it had in this article um, context for today's topic. And I looked down and I saw the word surrender and I thought to myself, boy, what do people have the most trouble with when they're doing treatment or they're doing prayer work is learning surrender. I mean, we're taught not to surrender. We're taught to buckle up when, when we have children, we teach them to go back and do it again if they weren't successful. And so part of our identity is don't surrender, but persevere. I thought, oh, that's interesting. So when I look at that, what does that really mean? And here in this article, surrender is an active verb and requires a conscious choice to move from control into relaxing into the order of the divine. So as I thought about that, I thought we have three things that happen when we surrender. The first is we make the choice to do it. The second is there's an action that we have to take. And the third is the solution. So I started to think about when you're doing treatment work or prayer work for somebody, where do we get stuck in seeing results? And in all the years I've been doing this, probably over 30 years now, I started to look at what is it I started to taking these other classes and looking and searching for answers for solutions. And I realized and came up with a very simple formula. When treatment is not working, it's not that you have done anything wrong or the divine, you haven't connected to the divine energy. But what's happening is your, your part of taking action is not working. And the, the formula is real simple. When we run into difficulty, whether it be a physical health issue or a financial or prosperity, you know, we have our favorites. We then start to worry about that and we fuss about it. We ask ourselves questions and our mind starts to come up with solutions to do different things that we can do. And we start to look at this and who has to take the action? The person doing the prayer work, the person that is clearing their consciousness. So I came up with this simple formula that works wonderful for me. And I'm just sharing my ideas. If you don't like them, don't use them. So I'm okay with that. The idea is I'm the problem solver. I'm the one who's saying, I have a problem. And problem, I've made a judgment call in my life 
and I'm saying something is not working and I need to have a solution. Then you go into prayer work, or I do, and I'm not getting an answer. Because what I've done is take the problem into the prayer. And God's creative. So what I need to do is look at that. And I finally taught myself this. I need to look at the problem and say, what is the exact opposite of that problem? And let's say I have a health issue or I have a thing about prosperity. I look at that and I say, what, what do I know the exact opposite to be? That's what I want God to create for me. That's what I want to have and be aware of. Because the solution is make the problem go away. But how do I make the problem go away if I take it into prayer and I'm visualizing it and seeing it and feeling it. And I'm having an emotional reaction. It's real. I need, Ernest Holmes tells us, change your thinking, change your life. I have to change that back into thought and detach my emotions from that and not let it be real in my life. So it's very simple. I'm the problem solver. So I have to come up with a solution that is the opposite of what I'm saying the problem is. So I start to look for solutions and I realize I'm, I'm falling into the trap of pushing away the problem or trying to ignore it and saying, it'll be okay, all is well, God will take care of it. Well, God can't take care of it because I didn't create or give it instruction on anything new. I can't just say, oh, this problem has to be resolved. Into what? What, what God's waiting for instructions into what do you want it to be resolved into? Well, I don't want the pain anymore. I don't want to be sick anymore. I don't want to worry about money. Then give me an example. So I have energy to build from that. And so once I get the concept that I'm the problem solver, I recognize the problem, I accept it. Then I can go for the solution and say, now, what is the opposite of that? And when I get what the opposite of that is, then I can hand it over to the divine and say, this is what I want to create. And I don't say, instead of, this is what I want to create. So I work with the exact opposite. So problems become an opinion. Problems become something that is of my creation. I can't give my problems away. I can talk about them, but nobody wants them. And so when I work on that, I start to realize on a health issue, God doesn't even realize I'm suffering because it only knows itself. It only knows to create. It only knows to keep reinforcing and giving me that love energy that I so need and that's so valuable to me. So I start to look at that. When I get into this state of mind, it's sometimes not easy to let it go. And I just have to sit down and have a conversation with myself 
and start to reason with myself as to why I want to create something new, why I want it to be fresh. Because I have decided that my attachment to whatever this problem is, I'm willing to let it go. And sometimes these problems, if we've discovered in some of the classes I've taught, go way back to in my, in my childhood. Or I'm holding the emotional reason, the benefit of it, and I'm not willing to let that go because that's my identity. And this is where the idea comes of surrender. I have to be willing to when I'm ready to let it go and say, I no longer want this problem. I know what the solution is. I know that I have to create something in my mind and in my reality, the confidence to know that my body knows how to heal itself, that my, my finances, that thing, the opportunities come up that can, can be changed. I've, I've watched people heal themselves of different things that are in a, what I would consider a kind of serious state of mind. I can remember, um, I gotta watch the time. I can remember a woman um, that I went to see, her son called me, he traveled and so I taught him privately. And he called me, said, my, my mother-in-law's in the hospital and I love her dearly and I need you to go see her. And I, and I said, well, you've had the training, you know what to do. And he said, I, I'm too close, I can't do it. So I went over to see her and she's good Christian and knows nothing of science of mind, knows nothing of this teaching. And I went in, I said, your son-in-law sent me, what's your problem? And she looked at me in shock. I'm supposed to comfort her and, and be nice. And I'm saying, what's your problem? I'm not here to fool around, let's get to it. And she looked at me and she said, well, God, God's mad at me. Well, have you ever heard of anything so ridiculous? Now, can I know that that's not true? That was easy. I'm like, I know that God's not mad. I said, well, I have a connection. You know, I'm a minister, I have a connection to God. Let me talk to him for you. So we sat there quietly in a state of meditation and I was doing my work knowing that she stayed calm, but she was open to think about what she was thinking about. So after we had a few moments of silence, I turned to her and I said, God said, you're okay. God loves you. You're forgiven. So she went, well, that's it. Like I'm supposed to do something, you know, like make the sign of the cross or put some water on her. So I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I said, well, let's go in to have some private time and I'm going to talk to God and you're going to sit quiet and let your body heal. She had some kind of blockage inside her body. I, I don't remember cases like that. Anyway, and she was, um, she said, well, I'm not ready to go. I, I want to stay here and I want my body to heal itself. I said, that's fine. So we sat there quietly and she fell into this deep sleep. She was even snoring. And I'm sitting there thinking, what am I supposed to do? What does God want me to do? Know the truth. All I have to do is build a healthy woman walking out of this hospital. That's all. 
well, that's easy. I can visualize like anybody else. I'm not directing anything to happen. She's the one that has to accept the concept and she's the one that does the work on her own body. I'm just here to kind of guide her. And so that's what I did. My son-in-law called me the next day and he said, whatever was blocking her disappeared and now she's functioning fine and we're taking her home this afternoon. And yet they were thinking of putting her in hospice or something of that nature because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her and said, well, she's fine. You see, it's that easy. Because while we're doing this work, we have to say, who is your very best friend? Who is the friend that you adore? Spirit itself. I got curious about how this process worked and I started to look into energy. And I started to realize that when we go with Diane into this beautiful meditation that she dealt, gave us, we are moving into the energy and the spirit of God itself, whatever you call it, whatever the expression is. So when you're doing this work of making the switch from the problem into creating something totally new that you maybe even even thought of. So I said, I'm gonna practice this. What would be the most outrageous thing I could think of to create? I'll have somebody give me a house. So I sat there and I thought, I need more money. I think I'll have somebody give me a house that I can sell. Less than a month later, I get a phone call of a house I had sold to this young couple. He was a sailor in, this was in San Diego. He was a sailor and uh, he just got out of the Navy and they both had jobs. They bought this tiny little starter home. And he called me and he said, you know, you told me when, if I got into trouble to call you. And she was sleeping with her boss and I came home unexpectedly and that's ended the marriage. And I said, I'll be right over. So I tootled over to his house and we sat down and we had a long talk and he was extremely torn up. And I said, well, what are, what are you gonna do? And he said, well, I'm gonna hitchhike to Alabama to go back to my mother and my family. And I said to myself, the state that this young man is in, he looked like he was about 15, that this young man is in, he's not going to be safe hitchhiking from California all the way to Alabama. So I said, how much do you think a plane fare would cost to, can you dig it up? He said, no, it's like $150, maybe $125. So I sat down and wrote him a check. And I said, I want you to go fly home to your mother where you'll be safe she'll take care of you. But you can't be running loose going south. And so that's what I did. That was the most outrageous thing I could think of to ask for. Is it too considering too outrageous to ask for health or creative ways to increase your income? See, the universe doesn't supply answers to your questions. It supplies things that you tell it to do. Now, some people call themselves co-creators. They call themselves God, whatever. I, I don't do that. I recognize that I am working with an infinite intelligence. I don't have to do a bunch of prayers because I'm worried and concerned and upset 
if it's not happening, I'm doing something wrong. And I need to look at what I'm thinking and, and feeling. And a lot of times I get emotionally caught up because my identity gets stubborn. And it doesn't want to let go of a previous belief I had. Uh, one of them is the belief in aging. Who said you have to age? Who said that your body has to start to get decrepit and pieces start falling off or them cutting into you and taking pieces off of you? I don't like that. So I said, that's not going to happen to me. Flu came around years ago. I tried it once. I went, oh my God, this is terrible. I'm not doing the flu again. And I decided not to do it. And so you look at your life and you say, where am I practicing? So that if something really important comes up, I'm ready because I've been practicing on the small things. And so I love doing that. I'm watching the time. Do we still have time? Who's watching the time? You're good. I'm good. Okay. So this is the thing that we know. When your subconscious hears the word problem and you're getting worried or concerned, then you've already created the problem and, and you've made it difficult for yourself. And so to, to recap this, it's the idea is to create the exact opposite and then challenge yourself, say, hmm, what would I like to have? I'd like a new friend. I'd like to have a love interest in my life. Be outrageous when you ask for something and just to see if it happens. If it doesn't, reword yourself. I was with one of my girlfriends and, and she said, I know you kind of do stuff, but I don't know what you do, but I have to have an operation and then I'll be housebound for about a month. And I have these three beautiful Latina type children that I have no one to care for them. And I need to find a man and get married so he can take care of the kids while I'm bedridden. I said, okay, I think I can do that. When do you want it? She said, in a week. <laughs> a week? I'm supposed to create this in a week? Thank God, God knows what it's doing. So we sat down, made up the list. I said, well, describe them to me and kind of give me some material here to work with. Because what am I doing? I'm creating the new. The next day, she meets this man that she described to me. She explains her problem. He said, I'll take the kids. I'll marry you. And they were married in less than a week. Is that a possibility? Why not? It's so much fun to experiment and play with this. Now, the secret is God has to be your best friend. You have to love that energy or that spirit or that source, whatever you call it so much that you want to share your thoughts. I use it on simple little things. I bought some uh, beverages for my son for Thanksgiving and he told me the place to go. He told me the name of it. So it's very exacting. You can tell he's a detail person. And so I called him up and just ordered it over online. I got carded. <laughs> I loved it. I said, you've made my day. I haven't been carded for 50 years. <laughs> anyway. So after that, I thought, that was so much fun. I think I'll do it for Christmas. 
but I forgot the name of all the stuff he was drinking. And I didn't want to ask because it's supposed to be a surprise. And lo and behold, it shows up on my screen from the company. They wanted me to review what my reaction was to their service and et cetera. And I said, this is so much fun using this idea of mind. Because I didn't even think that it wouldn't, that I wouldn't know. I knew that it would either come to me or I would find out in some manner. And so it's if you play with it every day, if you explore it and say, I need to know something, are you there? Prove yourself to me. I haven't connected with you for a while, and I don't know if you're there, and everybody talks about you like you're there, and they're honored to be there, and they're in awe and praise you and all that, but I don't know if you're there. Oh, prove yourself to me. Give me a sentence to think about, like Ram Dass had. And so it went, well, I thought about it, and I went, I want to learn more about this energy. I want to learn more about the intricacies of it. So a sentence came to me, all my learning experiences are pleasant. I thought about that for two months. And I thought that means when I go into teaching myself something, it has to be pleasant. That means I can't procrastinate anymore because I create problems for myself and learning experiences. And after a while, I said, I need another sentence that I have to think about. And I said, you are the beloved. God is well pleased. I went, oh, I don't know about that one. I had to think about what that, all the little mistakes and naughties I've done and think about that. And then I said, I'm okay with that now because I do my best. The last one I got recently was God is, I am. So you can just ask, I need something to think about because you know, you're getting rid of the trash in your mind. What, what is it going to think about if you don't ask it to give you something to think about? You can't complain anymore. You can't judge, you can't criticize yourself. I mean, you're absolutely miserable because you have nothing to think about. And so it keeps trying to bring up your past or things that you've done wrong, because it, what we used to do is, if I care, I worry, et cetera, et cetera, and it goes on, but you can't do that anymore. And so since you can't do that anymore, then you start to become aware that God is good. And so everything that results in my life that is good is the divine expressing itself. So it's so easy. It's so easy to do. And we make it hard because we become the problem solver and we try to solve a problem that we've labeled a problem, but we don't change the name of it. We don't change it. Just, I'd like to have something instead. I'd like a new wardrobe. I thought, oh, that's nice. My, what I've got is kind of shabby. I think I'll do that. And then it somehow unfolds and happens. It's interesting to watch. I had one of my students recently, he said, I wanna do private sessions with you and I wanna do this, I wanna do this. I said, why don't you go in a class with me? It's a lot cheaper and it's, you'll, you'll get the same benefit and you can always call me. So he, we had a couple of private sessions where we chatted, he went in class 
And what he was able to do was create this fabulous job because he didn't like the one he was in anymore. He wanted to go upgrade. And he went, it was so easy. All I did was I kept thinking about what would my new job be like? And when somebody would get kind of unusual at work and you think, yeah, see, I don't want this anymore. I'm letting this go. I don't need to be beat up or people say things. Oh, he created a new job and he loves it. So the question to ask yourself is what do I want? What am I saying I want to create? Where am I going to practice the new things that I'm learning? That's what I need to know. And Reverend Joanne, if you'd like to lead us into treatment. Yeah, let's do a treatment. Let's do a prayer. I want you to think of something that you want to create. And basically, if you can't think of anything because you're so spoiled and you have everything, then you can say, I choose to take care of myself and do what nurtures me or restores me, whatever words you want to use. And then what we're going to do is move into what we know of the divine. The first and second step of treatment. I know that God is there. I know that it is loving and caring. I know that it has infinite intelligence. I know these things because I've experienced them. And so knowing these things, then I can say, I can take care of myself. I can build a new picture of myself enjoying my, my life more than I ever have before with great joy, laughter, and happiness. Because I know that as I've used this teaching, I laugh more often. I'm more relaxed. Stress is there. Just disappears. So it's the breath of life that I'm looking for. What I want to do is take care of myself, knowing that God is love, and I love myself enough to be the beloved. And know that I have this wonderful love connection with the divine. And so I become a peaceful listener. I can ask, what's next? What do I need to know? What do I need to discover about this issue that I'm calling a problem? Because now it's no longer a problem, it's a solution. I'm, I'm switching lanes, I'm making changes. So today let's decide to be willing to be pleased, to be grateful, to recognize that it's easy. Meeting with the divine and making these changes in our lives is nothing awkward, it's natural. It's something we automatically do. So we can move into gratitude. Once we start to thank the divine expressing in our life every day, like at the end of the day, you put your little feet in the covers and you pull your blanket up and you go, ah, this was a good day. And you thank the divine for all the things that happened. And if you were unhappy about something, you create a new picture and say, I'd rather have this, please. It's just like if you're dating. You say, but this one isn't matching me. Toss it back, let somebody else have him. I'll pick a new one. It's that simple. 
And so knowing that, how the divine works in each of our lives, we say peaceful listening. All I have to do is listen to the divine and follow my heart. So our hearts are open. Diane did that for us this morning. We've made the connection with the divine. So here we are together sharing that wonderful energy, that love, that joyful, that peaceful listening, knowing that all is well. And so it's easy then to let go and say, I expect my life to be joy. I expect it to be filled with happiness and laughter. And of course, love, I have to love myself first so it overflows. And then I'm doing that. And I accept it to be so. It's so easy. And say together, and so it is. Our offertory part of our, um, our gathering today. So we create a sacred opportunities for the personal empowerment and collective transformation through wholehearted experiences of truth and spirit. If you are inspired by today's music and message, as well as our weekly monthly programs, we gratefully receive your gift, tithe, and offering. There are three ways to donate. Donate. Visit our website at csl-whiterock.com, mail us a check, or you can send us a e an e-transfer. You'll see all this information in our chat box. And maybe you would like to join me in our prosperity affirmation. Divine love within blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. And so it is.